0: One arm scissor. That reminds me of At the Drive In. We also were saying before, Newfound Glory. Get Up Kids, Sunny Day Real Estate, the year's 2001.
1: Yeah, if you like this Roadcaster generic podcast theme song, you might like the awful music that people listen to <laughs> in my high school. Yeah, it was awful, dude.
0: Thankfully, you and me were both, uh, I guess, two true punk punks. Rocks. Yeah, two punk rocks so some of the change.
1: casualties. I was really mean to the people that listened to Good Charlotte and Good Charlotte yeah. Brand New because it was a, it was like what the the nerdy mall punks listened to, but also the jocks loved. Oh yeah, Brand New and uh, Motion City Soundtrack and crap yeah. like that. So I oh, felt like um, identifying as like a street punk. Street I was punk. better than that.
0: Street punks in the city. Street punks at the show. The
1: kids are here, and the kids are pissed. Yeah, the kids are ready to go. And the the Casualties had a song that was just like, we are punks. We are punks. (laughs) We are real, real punks.
0: The Casualties had a really great, um, I forget the name of the compilation, but it was like a live version of one of their songs, and it started out, I think it was a show at CBGB's, and it started out with this girl who had jumped on the the stage and she goes this one's for the punks we don't need political scum telling giving us shit like they know it all living in their alternative bullshit world telling me what to do to clean and how to, have, how to have my hair? Fuck off, you cunts! And then Jorge would go, say. I think it was. Oh, what was the name of the fucking Wendy
1: yeah. O. Williams? It
0: might have been. Yeah, it's
1: Nancy Spungen. Could have been either of them. Yeah. Well, you know that like apolitical punk thing. You know, I, I like moved on from the casualties pretty fast to something you know more political, like the unseen or oh, whatever. House, <laughs> yeah. house, rotten. Yeah, ATF,
0: yeah. ATF. We don't need the ATF. That was exactly. And, and for
1: a while, I you know I needed to listen to like Dead Kennedy style. Political punk, but yeah. like as I've gotten older, I think I've figured out that when punk is too political, it's usually bad. I yeah. think we probably t- I talk about this all the time,
0: but
2: yeah, you
1: don't, don't have though. to open up that can of worms.
0: No, no, but I don't talk about it though. I mean, this is all blast from the past. I saw Newfound Glory like 1998, and all the kids were doing that thing they did with their fucking like pounding their yeah, chests the- along with a beat. And then instead of like at a good hardcore show like 25 to Life or Madball Ball or something, people would point their fingers and yell. In like a cool way. Mm -hmm. These kids were doing it to like along with the chorus, which was like, you broke my heart and I'm sad. It's like a weird inverted clown world version of good music.
1: It was such a unique time period where uh, people now refer to it as like the scene scene where people, Mm -hmm. you know, with like the big haircuts and makeup and like fake bisexuality tight pants and that kind of stuff you know you make fun of the way zoomers dress or whatever but Mm -hmm. like look at this i don't know if there's really an equivalent to that now Mm -hmm. like people still kind of dress funky like that but it's not connected to any maybe it's kind of like soundcloud rap or something but there's no like scene that people uh that young people are so connected to
0: yeah i mean in my town there were like 15 20 maybe 30 punks and you knew every single one of them right everyone would go to the same shows and you'd Get a ride from somebody. I had a friend who was, uh, his father had like an awning business. So he used to have a big cargo truck. And so you'd fit 12 people back in like next to like some some awnings, you know, and tools and shit like that. You'd all get in the back. You'd go to Taco Bell and you'd get a large soda cup and you'd dump the soda out and you'd throw beer in it. Oh, and yeah. Then, you get to the show and there was like you know three four hundred people which was like the extent of the scene like they were kind of all there. at the Empress ballroom yeah whatever it was you were there and everybody was there and I don't I'm not sure the internet has has really allowed that to still be a thing anymore maybe it has I mean I'm completely out of touch so
1: I think there's still probably local punk shows and stuff like that it's probably yeah. not so different I hope so <clears throat> well let's get into the episode this week this I want to try something a little new this week. I want to have a, a news episode. We do about one of these a month where yeah. we go over some of the things that, have, that are in the news and what we think about it. And more importantly, you and I catch up. Right, um, right.
0: Publicly. You know, we kind of take this antifada podcast thing kind of goes out in different directions. But at least once a month, we pull it back in.
1: We get tight.
0: You and me kind of get the political line down, the right. mass line.
1: So get your pen and paper out yeah. so you get the, the line down. But here's
0: will quiz at the end of
1: this. <laughs> here's my concept for this episode. We're going to try to stay positive. This is going to be all good news posi- this week.
0: It's going to be a posy episode, posi core. We need
1: some good news. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, and the first good news is I, I, that... W- I, or we, but mostly me, was right about the lab leak.
0: You did it, dude. It
1: was a deep state lab leak. The It came from the Wuhan lab of virology, the... According, Department of Energy figured it out
0: according to the good folks at the FBI and the CIA there right. you were right according to the CIA Andy is correct
1: but you know what else they you know' people are, oh this FBI says it so it must be true yeah they were right about Putin invading Ukraine yeah they so, were so yeah, egg on my face there in fact on the year anniversary
0: of uh, the war which just passed last week I had some little trolls some people without any avies like such like first name bunch of numbers bringing up my old tweet from a year before where I was like, huh, if U.S. intelligence says it, how could it possibly be true? They're trying to spread fear. and right. uh, fail. Fail, and I didn't delete any of that. I'll, I'll take the L on that one. Andy's right about stuff. Me, on the other hand, pretty wrong.
1: Yeah, I just, um, I read that, you know, I, I uh, so, well, the first episode we had about um, COVID was talking about social contagion, the Chuang text, okay. and the, um their point there is that these pandemics happen through increased concentration of human and animal populations animal populations through animal husbandry and massive factory farms that kind of thing yeah, Mike and so said the same point when right
0: enter the monster enters right this is book
1: so th- that is a different kind of take than the line of like well the pandemic is just this fluke this natural fluke it happens every hundred years you know it has nothing to do it's nobody's fault there's no
0: necessary connection between like the metabolism between humans and
1: nature or like
0: a very specific sort of interaction between humans and nature that exists under capitalism there's no or theses
1: to be had about Feuerbach it's just all you know you see a flower that's just nature
0: There's like uh different levels of analysis so on the highest Plane where there's, it doesn't even do anything politically for you. It's just like humans and nature, folks. <laughs> They don't always get along. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. these viruses, they'll come out and they'll fucking kick our asses. It's just the human condition.
1: Right. It's just like an earthquake or a comet a hitting our earth or something disaster. like
0: that. It's, it's, our, it's, it's just how it is. Then there's a level of abstraction below that, which is like, it's capitalism, which is like true. You know, you're mm-hmm. getting a little bit more historically specific there. And there is some sort of political traction there to say that like, there's something fundamentally distorted about the way in which human beings on the one hand and nature on the other interact in a situation of generalized commodity production and exchange. Maybe you convince people to not like capitalism. You can go another level of abstraction down it could be like, it's this globalized neoliberal thing. And now you're talking about like the Mike Davis, Chuang like peri-urban areas and like mass concentrations of people. And uh, you know, over the last 30 or 40 years, uh, and the way in which that's allowed, you know, all sorts of viruses to be unleashed. But like, a lot of this stuff is good to know. It's good to understand that those interactions. But I'm not sure what it does politically for us. And when I was wrong about the lab leak, because I was similarly saying like, oh, the conservatives and liberals are trying to use this as a way to bash China. Um, that was because like they do shit like that all the time. You know, at a certain level of analysis, it becomes a geopolitical battle between like basically imperial rivals on the world stage.
1: I guess Biden asked elements of the administration to release some sort of report about how they think COVID spread. Yeah. And most of them have said, have gone with like the wet market theory. That was kind of like a fluke. But then the Department of Energy and the FBI said, well, we're more open and we think that there could be something to this idea that, The Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was studying COVID in bats, um, accidentally let it get out. And so with that low degree of confidence, or however they put it, of course, all of the worst people on the internet are like, we told you so. We told you Dr. Fauci did it. We told you this was all to make Trump look bad like it just justifies like whatever wing nut thing but, but the want to go from the that. wet
0: market thing justifies the racist thing they want to do towards Chinese people right. too so they're, they're gonna win either which way they're gonna be able to spin it in that direction
1: but they just, they just get the opportunity they do this all the time they're like you know there'll be like an editorial in the New York Times that say that masks don't actually work and it's just an editorial but they'll post like New York Times says masks don't oh, work yeah. you told us we were wrong and crazy yeah. and uh, you know that's just the way they work they're like propagandists and assholes so that's that's not too surprising no but they do get a little bit of a w on this one because you know there there was a line that if you say anything other than the story about it you know the pangolin getting it (laughs) from the bat then then you're a conspiracy theorist Mm -hmm. and when i read this new york mag article from about a year ago or two years ago yeah yeah, uh called the lab leak hypothesis i was like well you know this it's would seem it's very unlikely that they were studying this kind of covid in order to like make a vaccine for it and it got out in wuhan the same place place where they're studying it and viruses and experimental stuff like this leaks from labs all the time Mm -hmm. throughout history so it seems like this is the simplest explanation Mm. so i'm i'm inclined to agree with that um But then, like, what conclusion do you draw from that? On one hand, you have this conclusion that, like, it's just nature. It's just a fluke. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is, like, prepare with somebody uh, like the CDC or, like, somebody like Fauci to have, like, these very good um, crisis response networks, in effect, that are well-funded and, Mm -hmm. you know, filled with experts who have the power to do what needs to be done. And then, on the other hand... You have this idea that like anything that bad that happens is done by people like Fauci Mm. and any attempt to manage or control just makes things worse.
0: Right, right, right. Like what's the, oh, as uh, they're coming for us guys. They didn't like our take on newfound glory. That's the emo (laughs) emo police. (laughs) You know, what's the alternative to Fauci and the CDC at this point in time? I mean, it's like what a free market in virology that's i suppose what those people are arguing but it's more cynical than that because i don't think that that any of them truly believe that like the mission of the cdc or let's just say the administrative state to try to like keep people from getting sick is a bad mission what they argue instead is that it's been corrupted by um people like anthony fauci uh, working with people like Pfizer, working with people like George Soros, working with people like the Chinese, uh, the Communist Party of China, in order to weaponize this thing. But like, what plausible alternative is there to having like a CDC? Uh, communists don't have one either at this point in time.
1: Well, I think the this right libertarian perspective on it is that there, you know, the state shouldn't do anything in the public good. Right. Um, the public good just needs to be managed by capitalists, and the state should just exist to protect the capitalists, which is like, you know, the direction we're heading in in the United States. Yeah. That's basically how we handled the pandemic. That's how
0: we started. Is that, that there is the like,
1: you know, Fauci would give some guidance or like some opinion and then the right would just freak out calling him Hitler, basically. Yeah. And there was, you know, what do you do in that situation? Like you, there's no way to actually force people to lock down and wear masks. You can only like incentivize to do it For them to do it in certain ways and that did work in some limited ways for a period of time and then with the new uh variants it just doesn't work anymore Mm -hmm. and so that's why china is now totally reopening um in december it was uh like the highest rate of transmission of any virus in like the history of humanity with unknown number like probably millions of deaths i don't know hundreds of thousands of deaths
0: maybe 1.5 to 2 million but i don't i don't know I don't know if I trust any sources on stuff like
1: this. We but then, what's about. the but then what's the effect of that? Is like, well, now China's economy is reopening, mm-hmm. and good news. It's it good news for the world economy that like Chinese yeah. manufacturing is going to bounce back.
0: Yeah, bet you see some of these inflationary pressures drop down because I bet we've been underestimating the extent extent to which Chinese production has been affected by it, even under zero COVID with like the massive testing regime. Oh, we're getting the factories <laughs> open as much as we can. We only saw the very startling images of like entire industrial towns, like, you know, in Southern China shutting down because of a few cases. But I think that maybe we're going to see that there was actually slowdowns across the board in commodity production in China, which affected the entire world economy. So that might be one of the big missing pictures on like, what was inflation? What, why inflation? Why is inflation? You know, we might see a little, uh, a little swing towards deflation at this point in time.
1: Good news for everybody, (laughs) yeah, including capitalists. Exactly, and that's—I mean—that's the win for the right wing. Is like you try to stand in the economy's way to control this virus and have this million, so many people not die, and look what happened—they died anyway. This is what happens when you fuck with the economy. Don't do it. I mean, that's stupid because they didn't die
0: anyway. If like China had in the first wave, if China had simply allowed that to run its course, it wouldn't be. Well, let's just throw a number out, one to two million people, it would have been like fifteen, twenty million. It would have been an absolute fucking catastrophe. Right. I think that we need to be willing to admit that like zero COVID in China for the two and a half, three years was like the best case scenario for like a nation trying to keep the level of deaths down. And even that, in the end, you know, still led to a lot of economic misery and social misery. It doesn't mean that we sit there and say that the right libertarians were right about that entire thing. Because what was the alternative? The alternative was to to do like three, four holocausts of older and you know compromised Chinese
1: people. Well, were their their position almost always uh, comes down to eugenics? Yeah. Uh, what they mean when they say natural immunity is that people should become immune by getting it. And if you don't survive it, then you don't deserve to survive it, right? Because nature has to run its course. Mm-hmm. So they also have this nature rhetoric well, it's too. A
0: Darwinian. It's a Darwinian vision to match their Darwinian vision of how uh, an economy is supposed to run and a society is supposed to run. Right? You know, leave the let the devil take the hindmost.
1: If it's between that, if it's between that worldview and being an NPC wearing a mask, I'll go with the mask oh, because sure. fuck those people. Yeah, no. And I know the mask is like pretty ineffective. Compared to lockdowns and like other other kinds of prophylactics. But, you know, wearing a tight mask when you're on the subway, when like all of the working class people around you are doing it, yeah. it is, that makes sense to me. Listen, we just went and I think
0: you and I are going to talk about our various little travels in the bonus episode. But we went to Florida and we visited my wife's 83-year-old aunt. So, of course, for the week before that, we were very good about wearing masks everywhere right. on our way to go down to visit her because you don't want to bring a fucking deadly, potentially deadly virus into an 83-year-old's house. That's just common sense. But
1: that said, I also do try to conform to the common sense. And like on the subway now in New York, no one wears masks. In general, working class people are right. Even if you, even if you ask them directly, like, why are you wearing a mask or why aren't you? Maybe they'll give you an incorrect answer. But as an aggregate, as a hive mind, in terms of just like the way people behave in public, I think they tend to come up with the right answer or something like the right answer. So that's my position. Is like try to because are saying ultimately is, they're the ones who got COVID first and suffered the harshest consequences because true. they had to go to work instead of Zoom.
0: That's true. Yeah, uh, I was certainly in that category. So what you're saying is that. We should all become based NPCs. That we should have a little hatch that we open up in the back of our heads and have little chips that says the new thing, and then place them right into our little head
1: pieces. And then, well, the thing is, NPCs don't respond to the the chips or like what the media is telling them. That's what's so wrong about the NPC narrative is that there is a kind of natural hive mind, like a collective consciousness, yeah. that just arises through. Existing around other people, which is not what the internet is. Yeah, there's a collective consciousness on the internet Really rooted in this like extreme isolation and self-selection Whereas on the subway you don't get to select who you're riding with at work You don't get to select who you're working with and so there's a kind of intelligence that comes from that sort of public life That you don't get anywhere else Mm -hmm. and that is a way more valuable Mm -hmm. resource than the C D C or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you on that. I mean I think that um the COVID wars thankfully are behind us, but I guess they live on and now where uh Tucker Carlson is on saying how he's vindicated about how it was a Chinese bioweapon, even though nobody said that,
1: right? No, There's it's no not it's that. not a weapon. Yeah. It's you know, it was not at the the lab where the C it would not have come out of the lab where the C D C there's was, two labs, I right? Read from the
0: article you sent, which we'll put in the show notes. There's two different labs. There's the Wuhan something, the WIV, and then there's the Chinese Center for Disease Control. Right. It
1: didn't come out of the Fauci lab.
0: Right. One of the main uh, takeaways from the article, and you know, I read it, and the the basics is that this is a guy that blew the lid off of um, the UN actually spreading cholera in Haiti in one of its many, many, many. Uh, peacekeeping missions. What back in the in the aughts, and so he's a person that actually did the the gumshoe reporting, uh, detecting on an actual incidence of a something like a lab leak that had huge effect on the the Haitian population. And it was <clears throat> excuse me, it was viewed as a conspiracy theory, but he uh-huh. proves that it's actually correct. Wow, the UN was dumping raw sewage into. This uh, river by the by Port-au-Prince, and all the Haitian people were like, "We're getting sick and we're dying because of the Jesus. UN," and everyone's like, ha! "Conspiracy theorists! It's a social contagion. They're they're all mad." And this guy actually went down and found it. But where he's not prepared to say one way or the other is when it comes to Wuhan and the, the lab leak thing. He thinks you have to follow the evidence? Yeah, we don't know yet. Science. But
1: the lab leak theory—you know what it—if it, if that is the truth, it is. A naturally occurring virus that was studied in this lab and leaked out. Without
0: gain-of-function research. There's no proof that the CDC or the Wuhan Institute went into the genes of this particular virus and like changed it so it would be more deadly.
1: Well, isn't isn't the gain-of-function idea that they're studying it in order to get ahead of it?
0: They are, but then they gain they add a gain-of-function, which is to oh, say... Okay. They that means
1: you, and, you actually genetically modify yeah, it? You, like, okay, you gene okay.
0: splice it to make it more... Uh, virulent so you can like get ahead of where it might go at some point in time
1: so Lyme disease would have been gain of function right uh, or that was just like a bioweapon
0: no I'm I'm prone to believe being from that part of the world where it first came about that it probably escaped from Plum Island Right, but I'm not sure. Do people say it was a gain
1: of function? Thing? I think I heard that it was actually they were they were researching it for uh medical reason for like a uh, bioweapon reasons oh, because like in in China they uh or like when in World War II they like dropped um ticks or lice in like Japanese controlled mm. territories, but They
0: did that in North Korea too.
1: Yeah, so I might be getting those stories confused, but I was under the impression that Lyme disease was engineered as part of that thing.
0: But it's a really shitty—it takes, like, decades I know. to fucking kill you. Like, whenever whenever you're out on the on the limb here— Well, like, they weren't trying
1: to kill people. They are just trying to make them, like, less able to fight.
0: Well, that certainly is the case if your joints and liver start to deteriorate from Lyme disease. But again, I don't know. I would need to see some real proof. Yeah,
1: I don't think there's any real proof. It's just— they, this is like one of these things where it's like they were studying it at the place where it got out. Well, look, like one of the main, I think,
0: takeaways from this and everything that we've seen for the last like three, two, three, four years, maybe our entire lives, is that it seems as though trusted sources, it seems as though our intuition, it seems as though these series of different coincidences or whatever uh, are are leading to some sort of picture that we can truly understand, that we can get from the mainstream media, from the mass media. We can pull this information in, whether it's Putin's impending invasion of Ukraine. Uh, We can make a judgment on that based on what America's imperial interests are versus the rest of the world. Um, Or when it comes to Wuhan, we can base it upon how we feel about the medical industrial complex or how we feel about Chinese or American geopolitical rivalry, as it turns out, it seems like we can't actually do that. I'm I'm not like a truth relativist. I'm not like, oh, well, it's just whatever you believe, man. And I'm not saying that we have no ability to actually like garner the empirical truth of the things that happen in the world because they are happening all around us. I'm just saying that one thing that the internet has done and one thing that This vast split that we've seen open up and that I think we're going to talk about later in this episode between like great big wings of um, political theory, social theory and um, culture war, you know, that have opened up right now is that everything is being used by so many different actors with political intentions that it becomes really difficult, especially on a place like Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Uh, and in the mass media, to try to actually get at what is truly happening in the world, mm-hmm. which is a huge problem, obviously. Right. So I'm very wary to really to to really go out on a limb much like one way or the other with a lot of things these That's days. Good. Yeah, what's happening? What's happening in the the in the Ukraine war right now? You know, I can open, I can look at the New York Times and the Washington Post, and Ukraine is winning. In fact, Russia was a week from collapsing for the last year. Putin was about to be overthrown. Wagner PMC was out of ammunition. The Russians ran out of tanks. They ran out of missiles. They didn't have the ability to do an offensive. They were gonna. Their army was gonna break at uh, uh, Bakhmut. You know that the big battle that's happening right now. You read that in the Washington Post and the New York Times. But then you open up. You know, like more Russia-oriented stuff. You read all the military bloggers coming out on Twitter or elsewhere. You read RT, and the Ukrainian army is about to be. Is about to collapse. They've lost a half million. Well, people want to. People
1: want good news, and so if the yeah. New York Times can be like Russia's, like a thousand uh, prisoners who are being forced to fight for Russia are dying a day. As a New York Times reader with a Ukraine flag emoji, you can feel a little bit good about that. That's what so, I'm saying, and, and that's, that's what we're trying to do. today. we're trying to give people some good news. We're so trying to give you
0: some good news. We'll
1: get back to, to Russia Ukraine. The good
0: news is no one's winning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's good news for the U.S. State Department. That's for sure. sure um, so here's another piece of good news coming out of sunny Florida, Florida Politics. Oh, hey, where you just Florida we'll, Politics. We're going to yeah. talk about our, uh, our sunny vacations, probably and in the I'm, bonus, and yeah. we're going to give you some tips on I'm how you can have vacation <laughs> for free or cheap like an Antifada superstar. And I
0: am going to apologize to Florida Man once and for all. I apologize to you, Florida Man. I will give you all the reasons why in the bonus.
1: Well, uh... This Florida man, his name is Blaze Ignolia, Hell yeah! and he is a, he is a I believe he's a state senator from Florida, sure. and he senator released Blaise. a bill called the Ultimate Cancel Act, mm-hmm. um, which would eliminate all political parties that once used slavery as part of its platform. It was <laughs> ul- pretty woke. I think the ultimate cancellation is when they execute you for being a Democrat. <laughs>
0: You've been ultimately canceled. The last cancellation you'll ever suffer.
1: So the Democratic Party is not mentioned in the bill, but that, uh, Ignolia says, is its target. He says, for years now, leftist activists have been trying to cancel people and companies for things that have they've said and done in the past. This includes the removal of statues, memorials, renaming buildings. Using this standard, it would be hypocritical not to cancel the Democratic Party itself for the same reason. The measure is SB 1248, which would switch democratic voters to a no party Ah. voters and give them the option of choosing another party. Ah. That is so great. I, 100% 100% support this I bill. I support it. It would 100%. unironically solve a lot of problems. So many if problems. If the Democratic Party just didn't exist yeah. anymore.
0: And they couldn't control like who ended up running from the quote unquote left. And like there was no infrastructure for them to, yeah, it would be fucking.
1: Or there would just be like a void of power and something new would have to come. Yeah. There's, no, how could it be worse than the Democratic Party? It couldn't be. I it's mean it unimaginable. Could be like like new dems or something like that. Or we could get the Lib
0: Dems. Maybe they would form There are already Dem the Lib Party. Dems. They are, they are like
1: the Lib Dems might be more left than they, the Dem Dems. They,
0: they probably are. They could affiliate with the UK Lib Dems and they could create the Lib Dem International. Starting in Florida, it could be based in Boca Raton. Okay. Just as that Polytech politics should be retired by now. It will go on to live in South Florida as it was meant to.
1: But this is also the Republicans shooting themselves in the foot, too, because the Republicans are on the verge of becoming the like permanent party in government. If they win the next election and they push through all of the voter ID stuff and gerrymandering stuff they want to do... And if they deepen their control over the judiciary, then the Republicans will just be permanently in power and the Democrats will just be permanently the party of opposition, but which is good for the Republicans because like- It's good for you the can, Democrats too because then they yeah, never have to govern. It's the already sort of like the natural order of things. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's already sort of fulfills what both parties want. Mm-hmm. And we're just seeing the balance shift slowly in that direction where rapacious capitalism is formally in control. the Symbol of the resistance to capitalism is just liberal, tepid attempts to rein that power in. But if you just didn't have that, like, formal resistance anymore, um, then the Republicans would just appear to be what they are, which is just, like, the right of the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie. And people would have to figure out a different way to resist it.
0: Wow. I think that, uh, you know, we'd have to... We have to say thank you to the people fighting in the trenches like Jimmy Dore who <laughs> called it the entire time. If you just got rid of those shit libs, you know, it would all be better. I don't know, man. I feel like, um, I, I feel I agree that the Democrats would be happy to be a permanent majority minority because that's like the flip side of it too and why that something like that would make this, the country go absolutely insane. If you listen to the Dylan Riley episode we did or read the seven theses in uh, the New Left Review... You know, the Democrats have actually done a pretty decent job of winning under some real shitty conditions. They are like an electoral majority, but, uh, you know, the the Republicans, I agree, are going to use the elements of the state in order to make that unfeasible. Interesting stuff. Do you think it's going
1: to pass? Do you think they're going to have the ability to ban Democrats to
0: overthrow the woke regime? That's where
1: you come in. I have a part to play. Okay. I'm urging. All listeners to contact your representatives on every level, (laughs) town board, PTA, state senator, dog catcher, Chuck Schumer, whatever. Let them know you support this act.
0: SB what is it again?
1: Don't like say SB 1248. That's just going to confuse them. (laughs) Say that you support the ultimate cancel act, but it doesn't go far enough. You want it to be on a federal level. You want the ultimate cancel act everywhere. We have to stop supporting these parties that supported slavery. What are we doing? We do. We 100% do. Do we support slavery? No. Stop supporting the party that
0: supports slavery. And as an anti-fada listener, you're always on the bleeding radical edge of things. So you should say, it's one thing to cancel the woke Democrats. We support this. However... We support SB 1312, which is to <laughs> abolish all parties and actually have things elected from a workplace level with recallable delegates. And the true democracy will arise in workers' councils. You know? So SB 1312, look for that legislation coming down the pipe. I've talked to Matt Getz in, uh, SB 1917. <laughs> 1917 will come after that. It will communize the means of, we got this. We got this folks. It all starts in Florida as we know.
1: All right. We're having fun. This is all good news. Yeah. We're on the right track. Let's hear something from agenda 47
2: past generations of Americans pursued big dreams and daring projects that once seemed absolutely impossible they pushed across an unsettled continent mm. and built new cities in the wild frontier. They transformed American life with the interstate highway system, magnificent it was, magnificent. and they launched a vast network of satellites into orbit all around the Earth. But today, our-
1: I love that those frontiersmen launched those satellites. That was yeah, those, really nice of them. <laughs> I, I our love the leap. The
2: uh,
0: historical
2: Under leap. Under my leadership, we will get it back. In a very big way, if you look at just three way. years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable. How good it was. He's lost to
0: Steph, hasn't he? Our,
2: our objective will be a quantum leap in the American I standard I love it. I love the show
1: that's-
0: Quantum yeah, Leap. Yeah, what is, what is a quantum Scott leap? leap?
1: He, that's like time travel, right? Quantum leap.
0: I don't know. It's probably some scientific bullshit. I don't know because I'm not a science nerd. But I know Quantum Leap was an excellent show from the 1980s with Scott Bakula, where he leaped around uh, time and he never knew what body he was going to end up in. He would end up in different bodies. Sometimes he'd be like another white dude who was in Nazi Germany trying to like fight Hitler, and then another time he'd be like a black woman in the South, like you know, refusing to move her seat on the bus. And he'd bounce around. So I love this sort of nostalgia. I bet. Donald Trump has been waiting to call something quantum leap since he like clicked on that in 1983. So you
1: think Trump is proposing this sort of cloud atlas style intersubjectivity, mm-hmm. like transmigration of souls, yeah. where like every day you wake up as a different American? Yeah, I think that's exactly okay, right. That sounds good. Let's he's, let's he, hear him out.
0: He's undermining bourgeois happened? subjectivity. Just
2: a few of the ways we can communism's real. Almost one third of the land mass of the United States is owned by the federal government with just a very very small portion of that land just a fraction just a fraction <laughs> one half of 1% would you believe that we should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development in other develop words them? we'll actually build new cities in our country again <laughs> this, These-
0: this is called the wakeman kush Cushfield, uh, <laughs> two trees, um, Varnado Act. But you know, you, you a made massive. a joke about mega
1: communism, and th- this is what they talk about. Oh, yeah, no, this is like I, the CPI thing is yeah. like we're gonna, you know, build the, the city builders, La, the land bridge, and all this, yeah. you know, these like massive public works that like change the way people live. I mean,
0: I, I like watch those people, mm-hmm. I don't like religiously watch them, but I. You know, give a, a little glimpse at what they're talking about on YouTube. And they're well, writing whatever, for Trump now, clearly. They are so hyped about this announcement <laughs> yeah. of the Quantum Leagues. It's exactly what, like, the weird synthesis of, like, Dungest, uh, LaRoucheite, Heideggerian sort of psychopaths, Those these synthetic figures like Caleb Maupin and Has. it's exactly what they're arguing, is that the productive forces are blocked, you know, and that you need a strong Bonapartist figure in order to push through the sort of developmentalism that would break us into a new mode of production. I mean, the Laroucheites don't believe that. They they just believe in like helping the CIA too. to destroy unions. But
1: well, Trump is he's listening. He's he's walked past that table in Union Square and talked to them. I swear and to God, these, he's he's he's. he's uh, tuning into the infrared, uh, infrared Twitch,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if these motherfuckers believe that they had enough influence on the president. And it's possible they might have. Remember when when they found out that people like close to the president were reading Bronze Age Pervert, and there was like this I, I big mean, thing, like y- yeah, like that, these- that's
1: that's the thing is like there was enough normal Republicans to fill the administration last time that like the real alt right weirdos were kind of like on the border, like left yeah. out or like quickly purged. If Trump wins this time, you know, there's going to be all kinds of gropers up in the White uh, House. Incredible. There's going to be, no, n- like, mad anti-Semites.
0: If he learned, if Trump really learned his lesson, you know, he he um, let his stepson or his son-in-law uh, do too much, right? He let...
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, that Jared and Ivanka are out. He
0: let the administrative state kick his ass. He let the fucking CIA and the FBI kick his ass and, like, fuck up all of his good plans. If he's going in, if he wins again, he's going for straight purge. It's going to be Groypers and LaRoucheites fucking door-to-door in yeah. the White House. It's going to be...
1: It's going to be insane, but... Crazy. It won't, it won't be all bad news. Let's hear him out. Yeah, hear him out.
2: We'll reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hard-working families a new shot at home ownership and, in fact, the American dream. There's a necessity for that. Another big opportunity is in transportation. Dozens of major companies in the United States and China China. are racing to develop vertical takeoff and landing (laughs) vehicles for families and individuals. Just as the United States led the automotive revolution in the last century, I want to ensure that America, not China, Leads China. this revolution in air mobility.
0: Dude, imagine, like, all of the... We've been hearing about drones for years now, but the real, like, golden age of drone innovation is happening as we speak, and it's happening in the course of the war, you know? Like, mm-hmm. drones have, I think, for the first time... I guess in Afghanistan, we use drones to, like, blow up weddings and shit like that. And
1: But now they're fighting each other. They're
0: fighting each other. It's, yeah. like, drones in the air, and there's, like, different... Countries and companies competing to get the best, like most powerful, useful, innovative drone happening. Maybe fucking Trump is going to get us all quadricopters and we could hang a little sling underneath it. And me, I commuting to the fucking airport every day to build a foundation for a parking garage. Maybe I have to deal with the fucking M train. Maybe I don't have to deal with the traffic on the BQE. <laughs> Maybe Daddy Trump is going to get me a goddamn motherfucking electric quadricopter and I'm just going to sit in a little sling and I'm going to fucking, it's going to take me door to door. I can sleep on the way over mm-hmm. there. I mean, this is the sort of persuasive stuff that like, you know, people who are already on board with Trump are like, fuck, I've been waiting for flying cars since the Jetsons, man. Like, I mean, this I've- was
1: Musk's big line in like 2010 or something. He was like, You know, I thought the future was supposed to have flying cars. We don't have flying cars. You know, I'm going to, like, get going on this. So it's been, like, a sales line for a while for futurists to, like, uh, pick up investment. And pretty much every, every like, CEO now has to be a futurist to get, like, the really big, like, soft bank money.
0: Yeah, sure. Like the... That money's kind of gone now, but I know what you mean.
1: You know, whatever still exists, you know, like, the the story of WeWork was uh, very similar to this where, like, You know, this guy was a real estate guy who, like, figured out a scheme to, like, rent to himself and make these, like, pseudo office space things, and that took off. Like, it was a good business model, but then to get, like, the next round of VC, he had to be like, well, I'm actually going to build an entire civilization around WeWork, (laughs) Uh, like we're going i'm going to build these wee cities yeah, and sure. it's going to be like a new world order of cool. we work yeah. which again we'll talk a little bit about the bonus with the yeah. talking about the laptop class the the revolutionary class the, van- <laughs> the laptop the class vanguard sure and so it just there always has to be like a new horizon of like where this business model is going to take us somehow and usually it's like some city somewhere like a bitcoin city yeah. run by like you know mining the volcano and el salvador for, you're
0: gonna build a giant floating right. platform and you're gonna have a libertarian paradise you're, it's gonna be called like misesville and it's gonna be like floating in the middle of the atlantic and you could do child labor and slavery there i mean they've been trying to pull this shit for 20 years at this point it's all about taking all like the the, the barriers and impediment to like exploitation and domination that exist on land or exists like in regular cities or regular towns or regular regular exurbs and trying to like annihilate that like spatial problem and just like create something new like a little enclave where none of the rules matter where you can start history anew where the like the frontiersmen before them who found a quote unquote unsettled land. You can just thrust in there, use the power of capital, use the power of state to remake society, to build right. something new again finally. This is like Trump is on this futurism shit because we are facing, and I'll talk about this more in a little bit, like an epochal, civilizational, global crisis of capital accumulation right now. The re- we, there's a real reason we don't have flying cars, man. you know, And that's that the sort of engine of innovation not quite broke down 30, 40 years ago, but it went in a very particular direction away from the sort of like crazy innovations that would give us flying cars and towards instead a cell phone that can jerk you off or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is that we have now, or like a, just little distraction boxes that you can carry with you around. Like, Oh, look at this new advertisement. How innovative, you know? Right. And we're, so we kind so, of, been,
1: we've kind of been stuck at the same level of innovation since the iPhone. Like what's really improved since then
0: well look the as it turned out one of the impediments is that like the rubber oil steel complex which the car is the sort of central commodity within this entire ecosystem of capitalist production and manufacturing and distribution and consumption turns out that was really hard for us to get over you know like that the hangover from that still exists to this day and the entrenched power of these various capitalists you know, that are in the extractive economy or they're the sort of like national association of manufacturer types who are trying to keep like patriarchal labor relations and they're trying to like hold off against competitors abroad. This is a huge power base of capitalists in the United States. And what Donald Trump is doing is he's saying, again, as a Bonapartist figure, he's going to leap over those contradictions. He's even going to do what the capitalists themselves are unable to do, which is like eliminate all whole swaths of the capitalist economy and build them anew. Forget Detroit. Mm -hmm. Fuck Detroit. Detroit, you can't do innovation. You can't be a frontiersman. You cannot fire a satellite into space from Detroit. So we let Detroit rot. We let the water in Flint continue to be very, very bad. But in the middle of Yellowstone National Park, we build a gleaming humongous tower to american ingenuity and progress we build an entire on that half dome up there i think that's yosemite (laughs) right or yellowstone on that half dome we're going to build a gleaming city on the hill we're going to relive the dreams of our forefathers the winthrop's and the reagan's and we're going to like break through all the fucking contradictions that's what america needs right now is a synthetic napoleonic Figure Like that. And Trump is rising to take the reins. He's going to create a nightmare place if he's given the possibility. And Lord knows that you or somebody, you know, is going to fall into a river in one of those quadricopters. you will be commuting, it'll be on autopilot, and you will go directly into the side of a building and probably get squished like a fucking bug. But it will be progress.
1: And hopefully okay. there'll still be some friendly park rangers there to help you out. Eh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Once Yellowstone's been destroyed.
0: So. I think it'll be uh privatized, I'm sure. So
1: usually when one of these things gets proposed, these like futuristic cities, the the problem is the same problem that there always is with utopianism. It's like, oh if we could just I've got the blueprints. If we could just build yeah. it, then everything, you know, the, the social structure and the technology would converge. And somebody
0: slipped Trump some Fourier, you know, like yeah, that or like
1: Anran, like Gauss Ga- yeah. Gulch is like, well, you know, if you get all the innovators together, they'll they'll just build a perpetual motion machine, and we won't need workers yeah. anymore. Right, right. Um, but Trump is actually doing something a little bit smarter here because this is like sort of the the end goal this is like sort of the utopian vision that comes at the end of his 47 agenda the quantum leap comes at the end of that what, what it starts with is this extreme protectionism mm-hmm. where like you just don't trade with china anymore all of that stuff gets made in the united states and like to i mean to attempt to do that would mean like a massive like war economy restructuring mm. of American life war right capitalism sure like you know you to command la- to to get like Americans to start working like Chinese people do you know even if if that's even feasible in terms of like how much labor power is available yeah. it would mean like a massive authoritarian restructuring of US life you could consider that a sort of great reset sort of thing you
0: could you could call it a great reset especially if you combine it with like the gutting as we're already seeing of labor regulations we've seen child labor come back in a big way right we've seen the attempt of course to like get rid of unions which is of course lowers like the standard of living and wages which means that in an authoritarian capitalist nightmare world like this all of a sudden without welfare benefits you can get people to go back into the salt mines like Americans will go back into the salt mines if you take away their enough of their food stamps, right, enough right. of their section 8, enough of their you know workers protections, enough of their unions. Guess what? Even Americans will go start working like, you know, people in yeah, uh, like, developing countries. Imagine we'll what if inflation
1: <laughs> will look like if there was no trade with China oh my anymore. God, it's incredible. Like we like would the, we, yeah. So so like Trump's plan is basically like I'm going to so all of those children workers like what why are they children? Like, it's, it's worth it's worth reading that New York Times article about it. The The reason all these hundreds of thousands of children are working in, you know, like the, the Cheeto dust factory is because uh, it's, like, those are the people who are now able to cross the border mm-hmm. and, like, get access to, to, like, somewhat legally living in the United States as unaccompanied minors. Mm. So this gap that was filled by, first of all, um, economy in Mexico turning around to the extent that like way less campesinos are like risking their lives across the border and do million, seasonal work.
0: Two million Mexicans have left in the last <clears throat> right. ten years.
1: And then also the you know the the stay in Mexico policy where Central American. Workers and families aren't able to get in, so who is getting in is these unaccompanied minors, and so they're doing these, you know, slaughterhouse jobs and like food service jobs and agricultural jobs. So they, they, they've they've, they've, they've now become rent. like they've got rent to pay, right, and debts and all this stuff. Yeah. And so now they're they're now becoming the working class of the United States. Trump's plan is like get rid of them quickly, immediately, and then somehow get American citizens to do those yeah. awful jobs that are so cruel that. Only the most desperate child, who is yeah, yeah. otherwise going to starve on the street, right. would do. Yeah. Um, and then another aspect of it is he's going to try to push these baby bonuses, oh, so yeah. that anyone who has a baby gets a thousand dollars a month. And Trump talked about this a little bit the first time. That was like one of his big like populist elements of his platform was there's going to be like maternity leave. He never did it. No, he but, never even tried to do it, as far he, as I know.
0: But he gestured towards it, and I bet. In an ideal world where he was able to push it through, he would do real natalist policies, you know, like, which are part, and again, this is all on a spectrum with what mainstream politics is anyways, but Trump is just a little bit crazier. Because, like... The Democrats have a pro family natalist type policy, which is the earned income tax credit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what Milton Friedman called a negative tax, where basically if you have kids and you work or whatever, you get, you know, a few thousand, three, four, five thousand dollars back at the end of the year in order to raise your family. So like this is longstanding policy. Um, what Trump does, what Trump is saying is just taking these things to the extreme. The shit with China, right? We, we've we mentioned a million times on this show that Trump puts these protective tariffs up. He starts talking big about the new Cold War with China. This all started under Obama, and Biden hasn't done much at all to roll back the tariffs that exist on China. And, of course, the CHIPS Act, like the Anti-Inflation Act that he passed. The Europeans were so fucking mad because it's so good for U.S. manufacturing against even our quote-unquote allies over there in Europe. These are all... Trump is well in the mainstream of American political thought in, like, wanting to counter China. It's just that tr- Trump, because he's Trump, does it in a way that sounds fucking wingnut. He wants to go all the way with it. He wants to cut off all fucking trade with China. But, again, it's part and parcel of American political discourse.
1: Well, yeah, he, he like... um understands the extent of these arguments like uh i mean like the natalism like what's what's like the really the big natalist policy because like they-
0: orban has tried natalism in hungary me and Varn talked about this on diving into the wreckage you have seen like he did all sorts of policies like trump is proposing with giving like special tax credits uh special grants and gifts uh to newly wed and and um people having children in Hungary and has it hasn't had an effect. Sure. But it hasn't done anything to get things in Hungary up above replacement level. Because when you're talking about this big right wing fear of, uh, fertility rates declining and it, which is of course wrapped up with this whole like anti third world racist thing where it's like, Look at the, there's so many Chinese and there's so many Africans and there's not enough white babies. Well, actually, if you look at China, their replacement rate is below ours. And if you look at Africa as the sociological fact, which we've seen for a couple hundred years at this point in time, which is that when women have the ability to control their reproduction, when people urbanize and are no longer, no longer doing security first, childbearing you know you have to make sure you have six or seven kids if you're on a farm because two or three of them are going to die and all the labor that you need is within your family unit once this changes once this developmental like capitalist process of proletarianization happens fertility rates decline it's just an objective scientific fact of human existence what these people think is that you can use government policy orban tried this in hungary in order to turn that around as though the problem isn't what the actual problem is. The problem is that people are too poor to have children. That's part of the problem. But like this natalism thing is really, it's like the bleeding edge of what we could call like neo-fascism. Because when you try to, first you try to use the carrot, in order to get more white babies, eventually you're gonna to have to use the
1: stick. Well to we get more white. We babies. already saw the stick and that's the, the Dobbs course, decision.
0: Yeah, the Dobbs decision. And,
1: and yeah. like I think the reason why the Democrats haven't put up a fight about this is because behind the scenes they they agree, like they've seen the statistics that birth rates are going to be a problem for the United States in the future. It's less of a problem for the United States now because the baby boomers had a lot of kids. Yeah. But our generation is not having kids, so yeah. we're like a little bit ahead of it, but it's going to be a problem for the United States in the future. Sure. Um, Social
0: security, it's going to be a problem. But there's also, of course, like not to be cynical or whatever, the fact that Dob- the Dobbs' decision saved the midterms for the Democrats. Like it turns out, wow, actually, when we're fighting the abortion issue on a state-to-state level – a lot of people who wouldn't have voted for us before all of a sudden jump in in order to defend abortion rights. So again, they're kind of happy with how things have panned out. Do they pretend to care about Texas mothers who aren't able to get reproductive health care? Sure, they pretend.
1: Yeah, they to pretend care. to care. But that so yeah, my point is that Trump is not just proposing like Hammer City. You know, he's he's not <laughs> he's not going to have uh, Stephen Miller go out and like nail some boards into the <laughs> into like a parcel of land. It's um, going to look like that cheap border not,
0: fence they built out of uh, uh, cargo, uh, Connex boxes. Did you ever see that in the desert? Some <laughs> asshole, like, privately was oh, like, oh right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, and
1: they stopped that.
0: That's what, that's what Trump's uh, Noem is going to, Neom is going to look like. I'm sorry I cut you off.
1: Well, no, I mean, the, the wall is a good example because, like, they did build the wall, and the Democrats have, by and large, continued <laughs> to build the wall. It's just pointless because yeah. you can climb over the wall with a ladder, Like, you know, people who are hiring coyotes to get them across, like, the coyotes know how to get through the wall. I've even heard that the wall in some places has doors (laughs) and the cartels, because of course they work with DHS, yeah. have the key to the door.
0: Yeah, just like many people in my field in construction just magically have the key to the subway. <laughs> you know, you work with the MTA guys. Right. Somebody gives you a key, and all of a sudden, you're just the guy who's opening the
1: door. And you're I, I have it. no idea if that's true, but, I mean, it, it sounds true, doesn't it? Like, yeah, it like the what's the wall really going to do? It's just this... Symbol that like you can build something to solve problems Yeah, but what Trump has right is usually utopianism is purely spatial It's like if we just have the Mm. place and we put in this blueprint But Trump has a spatial temporal Mm. conception of this quantum leap Mm. utopia Mm. And uh, he
0: knows that in the quantum realm space and time resolve into each other (laughs) He's looking for the singularity In a Hegelian sense. He's looking at the totality Maga communism twenty. This is
1: why I think Haz is writing for him, but um, <laughs> the problem is that I, I think and and the reason why I think he's coming out with this now is that who was the guy proposing the flying cars and the future cities and all that stuff was Musk, and now Musk has totally delegitimized himself. Yeah, like just a year ago, I think people believed Musk way more than they do now. So now there's like a real void. That was like a huge moment of collective yeah. disillusionment when he took over Twitter and you saw what a, what an idiot he was. Now there's a huge void of like futurist panacea to the yeah. problems of the present. Like who's going to do this? And I don't think Trump is going to be the one to convince people the the future if, if the Grundrisse was never published meme or whatever, <laughs> you know, like the flying, the flying future city. Yeah. Like I don't think Trump is going to sell that to people.
0: I think he's going to try. I mean, I think that like, I have a thesis on this. I wrote out a bunch for this episode. I could read from it. But I, I'm, I've am i been sitting around for, like, I haven't just been going to warm places on vacation, all right? I've also been working, and I've been thinking a lot, writing in my scribbly in my little notebook about the world for a while. And I brought together some thoughts that try to, like, wrap the current political conjuncture up with uh, the war that's happening right now and trying to kind of think about, um, yeah the state of the world, such as we can understand it, one year into uh, what we could maybe see in retrospect will be the beginning of World War III. Maybe does it doesn't mean necessarily that the world is ending. In fact, I hope it's not ending. But we're seeing something epochal happening. I'm trying to get my head around it. You want to hear it? Oh, yeah, let's take it from uh, the the idea, Trump's idea of a uh, American NEOM. You know about NEOM, right? That's uh, MBS in Saudi Arabia's similar drive to create a, a linear city the size of Manhattan in order to do something with all this sort of excess profits that Saudi Arabia has in its developmental fund to try to, in a way, it's very similar to Trump, like overcome the contradictions through a massive uh, developmental regime like a, a utopian city. So let's just call what Trump is trying
1: to make the American Neom. <laughs> Thanks again, everyone, for listening. We're going to split off now into the bonus part. Into the bonus. So the full episode will be on our Patreon site, patreon.com slash theantifada. It's usually the full episodes are something like an hour and a half to two hours long. And then, you know, we have this preview version. Yeah. Um, so if you want to listen to a little bit more, we usually have two or three bonus episodes every month, patreon.com slash theantifada. You can join our discord group and talk about the episode there and enjoy all the bonus material and you can write me a dm on patreon with your mailing address and i'll send you a postcard and stickers and as uh leftist podcasts continue to decline and in many cases
0: die we appreciate your support more than ever so <laughs> thanks if you sign up we're not dead yet not dead yet baby right. got another culture word.
2: these things are readable.